Welcome to How to Teach a Language, a workshop for one-on-one -on -one language teachers podcast. This is a podcast for those of you who teach a language one-on-one -on -one, in person or using one of those platforms that enable you to teach online. In this podcast, I'm going to help you become an informed, reflective, and effective language teacher by sharing with you how to teach a language based on my knowledge from the studies and literature from the field of second language acquisition, the field that studies every aspect of how we learn a language, and also from my own experience as a language instructor and as a language learner myself. So let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of our podcast, How to Teach a Language. I am Joel Zarate. I'm very happy to be here to share a new episode with all of you and hopefully to help you become a more effective language teacher, to become an informed language teacher and make it easier for you to design your own activities, exercises and be successful as a one-on-one -on -one language teacher. In this episode, I am going to first say a few things in German, and then I'm going to get to the content of this episode. If you are new to the podcast, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, please listen to episode two, titled Learn Things in Other Languages. On that episode, I explain in detail this activity about trying to learn something in another language. All right, let me give it a try. Hallo zusammen, wie geht es dir? Guten Morgen, guten Tag, guten Abend. Sie hören den How to Teach a Language podcast. Herzlich willkommen. Willkommen zu How to Teach a Language podcast. Danke dass Sie sich den Podcast angehört haben. Das ist ein Podcast darüber, wie wir Sprachen lernen. Sprechen wir darüber, wie wir eine andere Sprache lernen. Ich bin Joel Sarate. Mein Name ist Joel Sarate. Auf Wiedersehen. Bis später. Dankeschön. Vielen Dank. Okay, also fangen wir an. All right, that was German. Remember that as I always do, I am going to share with you the phrases that I just said in this episode. And I am going to also share the audio from the native speaker who taught me the phrases. And this way, you can give them a try and see if you can learn these phrases yourself and to give you the experience to learn something new in another languages. In this episode, I am going to talk about an interesting topic that it's going to be also useful to you as a language teacher. And the topic for today is input enhancement. So what is input enhancement? So 
What input enhancement suggests to us is that as we communicate with our students, as we are giving them input, either by communicating with them or by giving them something in writing, we should make sure that the feature that we are teaching them, the grammatical rule or the grammatical property that we are teaching them, is somehow more salient so that they can notice that form more easily while they are focusing their attention to understanding what is being communicated to them. So how do you make these forms salient? Well, if you are talking to your students, you want to maybe emphasize that particular grammar rule. So for example, in Spanish, to conjugate in the first person in the present tense, we add a no at the end of the verb. We remove the ending of a verb and then we add an O. So the verb to eat is comer. So to say I eat, I say como. So what I would do if I was providing input enhancement is to make sure that I enunciate that ending a little more so that they can hear it a little more. Perhaps you can also pause a little bit so that students have a little bit of time to process that form in the input. You can also maybe repeat that twice. So you can say, yo como verduras. Yo como verduras. So maybe that can also provide that extra little bit of opportunity to hear that. But the idea with input enhancement is that you make sure that you change the pronunciation of that particular form. Or if you're teaching something like direct objects, you can also emphasize the object with pronunciation, with enunciation. Maybe pause for a little bit so that they have time to also notice that. But noticing is very important with input enhancement. And that's because the concept behind input enhancement also comes from the work that a scholar by the name of Professor Richard Smith, who was at the University of Hawaii at Manoa at the time, he conducted some research when he went to live in Brazil for about six months, I believe. He was analyzing his own process of learning Portuguese and while he was conducting his work and research, he proposed a new hypothesis called the noticing hypothesis. And what he claimed was that it was important for us to be able to notice this grammatical rules in context in communication so that we were able to eventually get them in our head. So that was that was the basic idea of Professor Richard Smith with the noticing hypothesis. I am oversimplifying, but I don't want to also make it complicated for you to understand all the aspects of, of research. And input enhancement 
is a term, a concept that is usually attributed to a professor by the name of Michael Sherwood Smith at Harriet Watt University. And what he argued was that it was important to make sure that we draw attention, that we bring the attention to our students to the particular grammar rules in a message because it is this type of support that can make it easier for them to be able to acquire those particular grammar properties that you're helping them to learn. So in communication, in a message, you want to make sure that you include strategies to be able to make this form salient, noticeable to students that make it easier for them to be able to pay attention to this particular grammar rules on the side while they are also communicating. He highlighted that it was important to have this type of strategies to help students be able to acquire the language, or in other words, be able to put the language in their subconscious as the same way that we have our first language. Now, again, to make sure that you provide input enhancement, what you want to do is provide opportunities to your students to hear that form elongated through pronunciation, through enunciation, through pauses, through sound. And that's if you're talking to them, if they are listening to you. Now, if they are reading or you're providing language through written materials, then what you want to do is highlight, bold, use italics, underline. Make sure that you also make the text, make that form salient by applying this particular changes. If you're teaching them, for example, a conjugation, you can highlight that conjugation. You can bold that conjugation. You can make it a different color so that students can have an easier time when they are reading the material and for them to be able to notice these while they are reading and concentrating on the message from the text that you're providing to them. You want to make sure that the primary goal of this activity is that they focus on the message, that they are paying attention to the message, not trying to study the grammatical rules. They should be noticing those on the side. Now, something else that you want to keep in mind is that when you're providing input enhancement or also called textual enhancement for texts, you want to make sure that you only focus on one particular rule at a time. You don't want to highlight several grammatical properties on the text because that will create cognitive overload and it's not going to be productive. It's not You're not going to be reaching the same benefit as if you just focus on one particular grammar rule at a time. So that's a very important part that you want to also keep in mind. Don't overwhelm your students with many highlighted parts. 
many different forms or many different properties in the same text. You can highlight several samples of the same rule. So if you're presenting the present tense, for example, and you want them to notice how you conjugate in the present tense, then you can highlight that form on the text or you can make it more salient when you're speaking with your student. But also make sure that you don't overwhelm your student's cognitive resources by trying to make your lesson about all the conjugations, but rather limit the scope of your conversation or your text. For example, if you're having a conversation or if you're providing text that exemplifies a conversation, just limit the conversation to I and you, those two persons, the first person singular and the second person singular. If you just have I and you, then you can highlight the conjugations for I with blue, for example, and the conjugations for you in red. So this is how you can limit how much grammatical properties you are highlighting in your conversation orally or on text because you don't want to present many grammatical rules. You don't want to highlight many grammatical rules and, for example, try to use this conversation to show all the different conjugations for all the different persons in one single presentation, in one single conversation, in one single document. You don't want to overload your students. And this is one of the conditions. I'm not sure if I will say conditions, but this is one of the suggestions that they give us when applying textual enhancement or input enhancement orally or on text. All right. I hope that what I share with you today can help you to think about how you can present your conversations to your students, how you can more effectively help your students to learn grammar in context. And on the show notes, I am going to share with you one of the transcripts for one of the episodes of my podcast, Mini Stories to Learn Spanish Special Episodes. And you can see how I highlight, how I apply textual enhancement to this particular episode where I focus primarily on the present tense and on the first person singular. This is one way that you can use to focus on a particular grammar feature and not overwhelm your students. All right, so that's all for today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that everything that I am sharing with you is helping you to become an informed, reflective and more effective language teacher. And to end this episode, I am just going to share with you the phrases in German so that you can listen to the native speaker who taught me the phrases and you can give it a try. See if you can learn 
this phrase is for fun. Thank you so much and I will see you soon. Hallo zusammen. Wie geht es dir? Guten Morgen. Guten Tag. Guten Abend. Sie hören den SLA Workshop Podcast. Herzlich willkommen. Willkommen zu SLA Workshop Podcast. Danke, dass Sie sich den Podcast angehört haben. Dies ist ein Podcast darüber, wie wir Sprachen lernen. Sprechen wir darüber, wie wir eine andere Sprache lernen. Ich bin Joel Sarate. Mein Name ist Joel Sarate. Auf Wiedersehen. Bis später. Dankeschön. Vielen Dank. Okay, also fangen wir an. Hallo zusammen. Wie geht es dir? Guten Morgen. Guten Tag. Guten Abend. Sie hören den SLA Workshop Podcast. Herzlich willkommen. Willkommen zu die SLA Workshop Podcast. Danke, dass Sie sich den Podcast angehört haben. Dies ist ein Podcast darüber, wie wir Sprachen lernen. Sprechen wir darüber, wie wir eine andere Sprache lernen. Ich bin Joel Sarate. Mein Name ist Joel Sarate. Auf Wiedersehen. Bis später. Dankeschön. Vielen Dank. Okay, also fangen wir an. All right. That is all for this episode. If you like the podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, on your iPhone, iPad, or on iTunes. If you are using a different app, and if the app that you are using allows you to rate the podcast, please rate the podcast to help the podcast grow. If you want to explore my other podcast, You can find the links to my other podcast and my website on the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you on the next episode. See you later. Adios.